are back with another live episode of Bully Ball. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez and her hair. Steph, usually I say something corny like haven't seen you in a while to start these shows, but I wanted to ask you, because I, I want to speak to Stephanie. Can I speak to Stephanie real quick? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Benito's back. And for those that yeah. don't know, Benito is Bad Bunny. So on a scale of one to Chambea, how hard <laughs> does where she goes go? Um, it's all right. I give it like a, I give it like a five or six. A five or six. That's that's funny because you know what the thing is is when I heard the preview of it, I immediately got excited because it has that that sort of New York drill, you know, mm-hmm. grime bounce, and I'm like, okay, that's good. I like that. And I got excited. Then I heard it, and I said, "Ah, uh, you know, it, it's it's good. It's a good song." I have a feeling, stuff that like you know, as the summer progresses, you know, and then when we get out for training camp, that we're gonna listen to that song over and over, and Absolutely. we're gonna just be like, and, 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 yeah, and just be like, you know what? This is hard. This is a bop right here. <laughs> he, he can do no wrong. So right, right. I mean, after after his performance at Backlash, I've just like been like Bad Bunny has me in a head headlock right now, like with his music at this point. So all right. It's a nice, good, cold opening to get everybody in here. So uh, you guys are here for 49ers Talk. The 49ers begin OTAs today. Media is actually going to be allowed. Yesterday was a quiet day because no media was allowed. The 49ers dropped a little video of Brandon Ayuk running around. But today's media uh, exposure, so we're going to get some reports. Um, Can't wait for, oh, my God, Sam Darnold was electric. And then other people saying, well, Sam Donald looked real bad. Like the conflicting reports is what I live for. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I live for Steph. Like one person is going to say Sam Donald looks like the greatest player of all time. Other people are going to say Sam Donald was throwing balls, you know, into the stands. Right. You know, like I just can't wait for the conflicting reports, but what are you expecting to hear today? Um, I mean, obviously we're going to hear about the quarterbacks and I'm, I'm actually hoping we get some sort of spread. I know it's OTAs, but I, I, I want the spreadsheet. You know what I mean? I, I want to uh, see the tallies, uh, because I want to feel like I'm there. Steph, <laughs> you, 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 all right, man, go for it. Like, I'm not even going to say anything. No, no, you just, you, you just, you're subtle with it. Like, and, 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 and it's getting less, no. it's getting, are you kidding? No, I'm <laughs> Why do you think everything is a diss? See, like, <laughs> this is the problem because that's... Believe it out, Rob. Believe it out, Rob. That's what started the last, the the last, you know, imaginary Ooh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. So, no, that's that's not a diss. I'm I'm legit. Like, I, I use those spreadsheets. I made a spreadsheet this offseason. It went hard. I mean, people love the spreadsheets. People make fun of the spreadsheets, but they are used and they are appreciated on my side. So... Um, I do hope that we get some kind of, you know, tally as to how both of these quarterbacks are performing. Forget about Brandon Allen. Sorry, Brandon Allen. But, you know, no one's worried about you. Um, <laughs> we- wow, man. So everybody, nobody's really speaking about <laughs> Trey Lance. Everybody's speaking about Sam Darnold. And then you go ahead and just take Brandon Allen out of the mix, out of the mix at, yeah. like, complete. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he knows. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. On the bottom wow, of the beat for, for our audio uh, listeners, it well, says that's... Steph says Brandon Allen can burn in H E double hockey sticks for the audio uh, listeners. Good God. We're off to a race. We're off Thanks, to a, we're off to an amazing start right here. Um yeah, I mean again, 
you know, we've done the training camp stuff like where we've we've tallied the the numbers and everything as well, too. But I do think that, again, the context is lost. Right. And in, in those things, if you just put up the raw numbers and you're just like, oh, well, Sam Darnold was six for 11 or, or Trey Lance was five for 12. But you leave out the part where receivers drop three passes um, or ran the wrong route, like like all those things need to be contextualized. So the raw numbers while they're good and everybody wants to hear those things, they don't paint the picture and you do have to see it like with your eyes, you have to see it. You have to understand what's going on. So I kind of shied away from it at the end of training camp, like going into like, Oh, it's six for 11, whatever it is, because those numbers leave out the important stuff, right? Like what if an incompletion is, you know, uh, it's a, it's a well-timed ball, but the, the defender gets in there and knocks it out. Like it, it's it, all that stuff matters. So the the raw numbers are going to be fine, but it's not the end-all, be-all. And and when people point to completion percentage in practice, it kind of makes me want to tear my hair out. Just because, again, there can be a right pass. It can be perfect. The guy could drop it, and that's an incompletion. There could be a perfect pass, and a defender drops it. At the same time, a completion could be thrown at the guy's sneakers, and he picks it up, and he makes a catch out of it. So, again, like – the raw numbers are the part that I'm not really going to put too much stock into. Yeah, I mean, that that's a really great point. And I think just everything having to do with OTAs, we kind of have to take with a grain of salt, right? Because for one, we're not there looking at it with our own eyes. So we are missing some of that context. And that's just, it is what it is. I think when we consume reports from, say, the Grant Cones, say, the Matt Mayokos, Lombardis, you know, I think if we see those conflicting reports, let's just say the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Like, you know, let, let's just agree to that. Um, but I think it's good to to get different viewpoints and perspectives. Again, because I do think, like, the truth is somewhere in the middle. What 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 is someone saying in the comment, Jay? You got to be laughing at something. Cody says, Trey Lance is going to win the QB one job, fix my marriage, my credit score, and my club foot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, we're. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in a good mood today. Like I said, you oh, know, I oh, this, this is, yesterday. You know, but this is great. Oh yeah, I, I, I heard so you made some money. That's great. Made some money. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, but look, who who's gonna make money for the 49ers today in yeah. OTAs? You know, does anyone make money in OTAs? Because mm-hmm. I think everyone kind of knows. Like you gotta. It's just practice, man, and it's like no contact practice so the offense is going to look great so be prepared for those reports like oh this quarterback made a deep touchdown pass to you know Jawan Jennings yeah it was amazing there are no defenses like at least no contact with these defenses so it's it's going to be all offense you're not really going to hear much about you know the offensive line defensive line things like that so just Take, again, take that with a grain of salt. I mean, I, I will also caution this, that some quarterbacks may look good in practice. I mean, there's some co- quarterbacks who look great in practice. And, you know, when it comes to actual, like, game action, they're not as good, right? So, again, that's why I think we got to pump the brakes on what we hear at OTAs. Yeah, I know we're all very excited, but still, the fact still remains that we won't know what happens with this quarterback competition until training camp, until practice uh, uh, preseason. And, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. But I think, yeah, everything now, we just need to keep a, a level head on everything. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Again, and and this can kind of tie into the improvements that we've heard about Trey Lance and the story that came out um, written by Matt Barrows is a great article. You know, Trey Lance is working with a quarterback coach and all these improvements he's talking about. In practice, that can be there. It's when the 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 pads start popping and you and you really have to like show that in the game, right? And to your point about practice, like there's plenty of players, quarterbacks who are great in practice. And they're terrible on the field. For instance, Just Jimmy Garoppolo's Jimmy Garoppolo is yeah, no, that but Jimmy Garoppolo was a really bad practice player, but he yeah. was a gamer, right? Like on Sundays, he's a gamer, right? Like whatever it is, like it's it's again the practice thing. Again, you whatever you take away from this practice is going to or or the way that you're speaking about this practice, not you in general. I'm just talking to everybody. It's going to reflect kind of what you want to happen. What I mean is, if Trey Lance is 12 for 12 and you don't want him to start, you're just going to say it's practice. But if Trey Lance was 5 for 12 or whatever, you're going to say, aha, see, he's bad. I told you, right? So don't allow whatever you hear to perpetuate your narrative that you like. It should just be whatever happens and stay objective. Because, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Jay, because like, personally i pride myself in being very like neutral and like i try as hard as i can to be objective and i think you do too so like i i think i i appreciate that about us that's something i pride myself in as far as like my takes and all that i just know that there are going to be people who see a certain report that fits their narrative and Every day it's going to be a different narrative, right? Like someone, one day it's going to be the the Darnold people. One day it's going to be the Trey Lance people who are going to be able to fit their narrative. And they're going to be really loud that day. You're going to see like these content creators say like, see, see, like, you know, Trey Lance is going to prove everyone wrong. Uh, but we don't know. No, you don't know. You don't know shit. Bleep it out, Rob. Bleep it out, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know shit. So I, I think... Even now in OTAs, if something fits your narrative and you're just paying attention to one thing, that's not fair. You're not doing it right. You know what I mean? You got to look at all the information and, you know, build your opinions accordingly. But you can't already have a an opinion and then, you know, massage that opinion when there are other, you know, reports coming out that fit your opinion. That's the thing is, is everybody is looking to be right and not get it right. Exactly. Like what? Go on, Jay. I know you're about to cook. Yeah, I am. I am. I am. Um, but look, <laughs> you can't in one breath tell me that practice doesn't matter, right? Like if, if Sam goes out there and you want Sam to start or you dislike Trey or like, let's just even say Brock Purdy, right? Like there, cause you know, here, here's a crazy idea stuff. What if you're a fan of the team? And you actually wish that any of these guys who starts actually does well. I mean, um, it's it's mind We're on the same page. We're on the same page. So if you're looking at this and you're looking for something to perpetuate whatever narrative or whatever drum you've been beating, mm-hmm. then you become someone who has lost objectivity. And that's a that's a deep and dark place because people love strong takes. They love strong takes, they love. He said this from the beginning. Everybody wants that. The problem is, is that when you get away from that, 
you start to become someone who is now looking for something to continually push the thing that you have been on the side of, as opposed to saying, this is what I I thought prior, this was my prediction, but this is what has happened. You'll always find a way to twist reality to whatever narrative you're trying to push. And that's the hard part. That's the part about this and OTAs and camp and everything that you're going to see who's on whatever side of whatever using whatever comes out of OTAs to perpetuate whatever they want. A lot of whatevers, a lot of whatevers, a lot of Ws. Um, So the OTA schedule today, um, the 30th and then the 31st. Today, Thursday, the 30th and the 31st. I apologize. Media will only be allowed today. So today's the day. And Kyle Shanahan will get to speak. Oh, I can't wait for that. I, I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. And um, and then some players. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll get, you know, maybe we'll get some some good nuggets from maybe Trey Lance, maybe Sam Darnold. Maybe some people ask some questions, um, you know. So um, Ty Austin, thank you, man. Strong Tate, Steph and Jason are one of the best duels in the business. Appreciate you as always. Shout out to Ty. East Coast Niner guy. Love that. But yeah, look. It's, again, take whatever comes from these reports as objectivity, but also understand that it's not black and white. It's Mm -hmm. a little gray, and you need to paint inside and paint by numbers, right? Um, A completion doesn't mean accuracy. Uh, An incompletion doesn't mean that something was wrong. If 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 a guy drops a pass, is that on the quarterback? Like, again, raw numbers are not gonna tell the story. That's why you need eyeballs, and that's why stats only tell one part, if I can quote the the great Rich Madrid, it's always better to just watch the damn tape, man. <laughs> well, if you get right. OTA's tape, let me know. <laughs> oh, I, I'm gonna have. I don't even know if they'll allow them to record anything, right? Like, because you know how it is at camp, right? Like they put the signs up, and everybody yeah. just starts looking around, and and we're trying to tweet out you? updates, and they're looking at us like, oh my god, <laughs> they're they were oh looking god. at you. Jay was breaking the rules. I'm just. <laughs> No, I was not breaking the rules. Hey, listen, 49ers organization. I'm good. Let me in the building. I promise everything is going to be fine. You know, don't, I'm not a crazy podcaster all the time. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of Sam Darnold, I uh, actually got a chance to sit down with Matt Mayoko, who, by the way, Steph, he's the man. Matt Mayoko is awesome. Yeah. He literally is one of the nicest guys I've ever come across has always given me good advice whenever we've crossed paths, was happy to spend time with me and, and give me, you know, <laughs> it says Jason interviews Matt Mayoko, his new dad. Hey, dad, I, I didn't want you to find out this way. You're fired, okay? You're fired, dad. You've been replaced uh, by dad. Matt Mayoko. Um, my, <laughs> my new dad, uh, Matt Mayoko, who I go, for, go to for life advice, I actually gave him a chance to explain his Sam Darnold take. And it was it was a little it was a long answer, but I believe that he contextualized it in a way where whether you agree or you disagree, um, I do kind of understand where he was coming from. What he was speaking about essentially was arm talent. And what the part that I took away from it was when he said arm talent, when you say thrower of the football, generally means not a good quarterback because there's more to it than that. Right. Kyle Shanahan spoke about that. And then he said, when I think about Joe Montana, I don't necessarily think of him as a thrower of the football. So he said that he didn't necessarily believe saying what he said was exactly a compliment. And I understand why people were so upset, because if you don't listen to all of the things that he said and you just take that one that one statement and run with it, 
you might lose some of what he was saying. I'm not telling you to agree or disagree, whatever it is. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just trying to give you more of what he said. Steph, what did you think of, of that answer? I thought it, I thought it was good. No, it was great. And actually, like, I, I kind of started feeling bad for Miyoko because, you know, I listen to 49ers talk and people just need to apologize to Matt for bullying him <laughs> over him saying this because this poor man has brought it up in every podcast since. I know. And I'm like, man, it's eating away at him. Because, um, like, every podcast he tries to explain, like, what he meant. And I get it. I get it. Um, you know, basically just saying he is a good thrower of the football, like you said. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that he's a good quarterback. So let's just take that for what it is. And again, it, it, you, you can agree or, or disagree. That's just how he feels. I know there's people who feel the same way. I mean, yeah, Sam Darnold was a third overall pick. There obviously are some attributes you have to have in order to be, you know, a top quarterback. Trey Lance, also a third overall pick, right? So, um, there's some talent from both of those guys. And so I, I think what people are getting, you know, really hung up on is that if someone says one good thing about one of the quarterbacks, it's because they don't like the other quarterbacks on the rock. Uh -huh. It's like, you could say something good about any of these quarterbacks and it not have anything at all to do with Trey Lance, with Brock Purdy, with Sam, you know, like mm -hmm. we, we can compliment these guys. I promise you, I promise you it's okay to say good things about all three of these quarterbacks. If you want to, you can say bad things about all three of these quarterbacks if you want to. And it has no bearing on what you feel about the other quarterbacks, or at least it shouldn't. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I know there's some people who, again, we're talking about the biases. I know there's some people who, you know, are trying to paint a narrative. But when it comes to guys like Matt Miyoko, who, you know, personally, like I, I really trust his reporting and, you know, his, his opinions on things um, and great interview, Jay. I, I think like you, you had great questions. Um, basically what all of us have been wondering, you know, about the 49ers, about his reporting um, you, you hit it all. So I, I really appreciated that. And yeah, it was a great interview. So make sure you guys check that out on Jay's channel. I appreciate that. Yeah. And again, man, um, Twitter has this weird way of I like pizza and people in the comments will say, well, why do you hate pasta? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. The objectivity to, to circle back to that. The objectivity is lost. It's just lost because people want to be right and not get it right. But, you know, there was a lot of other things that Miyoko said that were really good, you know, in terms of. Frank Gore being somebody that he spoke to, you know, again, they spent time with the Jets. You know, Frank Gore is a big fan. For the life of me, I don't understand why, because when Frank Gore was there, Sam Darnold was frankly bad. I don't know what exactly he did to make Frank Gore speak so highly of him. Um, but I did ask him about, and I, I, I did, I, I wanted to make sure I asked this question respectfully, but I did ask him about, hey, Matt, a lot of people have it in their mind that when you speak, you're speaking for the team, mm -hmm. and I didn't. I didn't want. I didn't want that to come off wrong, but I did want to ask the question, question because, yeah, because I think a lot of people have that in their head. Like, well, if mm -hmm. Matt's saying it, he's speaking. They're giving it to him, so he denied that they're giving it to him. But in a way, Matt has always said, "I am speaking about something because I have spoken to people in the building, and this is the sense I get." So essentially. It's not directly from the team, but it is from inside the building. Do you, do you think that that's like, it's almost the same thing, kind of? 
Um, yes and no. I mean, you know, if, if someone in the building says something to Matt, is it with the intention that he's going to go and like, you know, tell everyone about it? I mean, to Matt's point in the interview, what, what benefit does that really give them? Right? Like, what does that really do for them? Um, you know, I, I, I just feel like, uh, I lost my train of thought, but I, <laughs> no, about, about Matt, uh, not speaking for the team, but speaking to people around the, in, around the building, is it the same thing? I no, I I mean I don't think it's the same thing and I think it's an educated opinion. Like you could call things an educated guess. Mm -hmm. This is an educated opinion. And I I think we figured as much, right? Uh but I I don't think it's like he's this person who speaks for the team because mm -hmm. I I know some people think that, right? And mm -hmm. I, so I think there's like two extremes to it. Yeah. Like there there's people who think he's just like a, a puppet. <laughs> one of the 49ers yeah. which he is not like that's that's totally not the case um he's a real journalist who yeah he's gonna listen to things like people are gonna tell him stuff and based on that i think like he's gonna have opinions just the same thing as what lewis reddick did right uh, when he was on the rich eisen show uh you know same thing as greg papa maybe was doing speaking from the same kind of i got i got thoughts <laughs> about him man whoa <laughs> Oh yeah, we Keep can going. talk about it. But it's yeah. like all all these opinions they're all kind of similar, right? Don't yeah. you think that's a little coincidental? So, it yeah, is. it's not a coincidence. It's coming from it's coming from someone. It's coming from inside the building. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if you get information, yeah. you you're going to share it. You're going to form an opinion based on that information, you know what I mean? So, um yeah. I don't think he's doing anything wrong. Uh and yeah, it is what it is. But I don't think he's he's some kind of puppet for the right. um, for the the team. Yeah, and if you guys want to check out that interview, it is on my channel. Shout out to Matt Mayoko. He was gracious. He's such a nice guy. You know, again, Dad, you're fired. Um, I didn't want you to hear it this way, but you're fired. Um, and real quick, I think Rob, we got a few super chats that I wanted to make sure uh, we go through. If you want to put them back on the screen, and then we'll we'll move on and we have and load up that Greg Papa audio just so we can hear it. Um, Official BNA, thank you for the donation. He says Sam does throw a great ball. That's why he has so many TDs and INTs. Everyone can catch his passes. Ouch, ouch, fried, steam fried right there. Good God. Um, Alan's cold says expectations on D Winters. Uh, I'll let you take this one, Steph. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be competing for the spot that Aziz left behind. Right. And I think he has a, a pretty good shot at it. I think Oren Burks, because he's the veteran, he's probably going to come in as the, you know, top guy for that spot. But as the competition rolls around, probably in training camp, I don't know if it, there will be a real competition in OTAs where we, we'll be able to get uh, anything worth making decisions on uh but you know i think he's gonna get a fair shot at that and and frankly i'm excited if he doesn't have a role like this season in which i i think he very well could on special teams but as a linebacker um you know i think next year certainly he can have an an even bigger opportunity but who's to say what could happen this year i think he's gonna get a fair shot absolutely and don't forget about one of our favorite hyphenated name players Marcelino McCrary ball as well, too, right? So, I mean, there's a there's a lot of competition in that linebacker room. Yeah, so, more quarterback talk. God, I, I will, like, I, I, I just want this to be over with. But Greg Papa had some thoughts. Um, I'm going to let Rob roll it, and then we'll talk about it. I don't, I don't even want to summarize what he said. I just want to hear it. Talent is amazing. 
But they got a, you know, he's the guy who said during an NFL game, I'm seeing ghosts. They got to coach the ghost seeing out of him. They got to coach the turnovers out of him. He's got to stay healthy for one, obviously. Um, but I think he gives the 49ers a really solid quarterback room. And I think, if, you know, if Sam gets a chance to play, he could be Brock Purdy of 2023. Jay, I know, I know it's very unsettling to like hear these things, but based on what we were just talking about, one, people are hearing these things from the building and two, people want to be right. So if you're hearing things from the building, you're like, okay, like this has a good shot of being right. Right. So let me, let me just go ahead and regurgitate what I heard. Um, It's unsettling because yeah, if that's being said inside the building, you almost feel like uh, well, what about, you know, Trey Lance? Like, no one's talking about him, right? I, you know, again, I think we can compliment certain quarterbacks without it being a reflection on any of the other quarterbacks, right? Um, and I think it's, it's somewhat speaking to the insecurity of our feelings towards Trey Lance because mm-hmm. no one is hearing people say good things about Sam Darnold and thinking, well, what about Brock Purdy? No one, not one person, but everyone seems to think like, oh, this is this. No one believes in in Trey Lance because everyone is talking up Sam Darnold. I think it just speaks to the insecurity that we have on Trey Lance and his position on this team, which, you know, we may have a a point to to be a little insecure because his we haven't seen anything yet. It kind of feels like the team is you know, moving away from him a little bit, but I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, he, he did set it up with some context. He did acknowledge the fact that Sam Darnold saw ghosts, was seeing ghosts at some points in his career, uh, had, has had issues with turnovers. Um, and he also acknowledged the fact that like that could be coached out of him. And, and that's true. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had issues with turnovers, you know, much of his time in San Francisco. And as soon as Brian Greasy, you know, came into the picture, some of those things improved. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it it's fair to, one, we got to acknowledge all the things that Sam Darnold was before arriving <laughs> to the 49ers, right? We have to. But then also I think it's fair to acknowledge that this is a better situation for, for Darnold, right? I think that's all that people are saying. Now, I don't know if I agree with, like, he could be, like, the next Brock Purdy for this team. Like, based on what? We don't know that yet. So I I think I would pump the brakes on that. But everything else he said, I I was fine with. Okay. And I think think Steph hit the nail on the head, as usual, spin facts. When you consider what would be – the one place that Sam could revitalize his career, it would be here. Yeah. Is it possible? For sure. If he starts, I want the best for him. My problem with this is, and I continuously hear this from everybody, and it really makes me want to bang my head against the wall. There's a reason he was a number three overall pick. Come close, guys. Come close. Real close. Because I, I, I want to say this. Trey Lance was the third overall pick also. Why are you not saying that about him? Why? Why, why, why? That's my thing. Five years, and he's the number three overall pick for a reason. Isn't Trey Lance the number th- overall three, no, third pick for a reason? 
What happened? Why? I don't get it. Why is he never being discussed in that same way? Why is one guy with his sample size the number three overall pick for a reason? One guy with no sample size is never mentioned that he is the number three pick. It's not just Greg Papa either. Mm -hmm. It's almost everybody. I'm done. Rob, you can bring me back to normal. <laughs> I just, I, I don't understand it. It, it. It's That's the part, again, I don't understand it. I don't get that part. Like, for me, it's okay for you to say, listen, Sam can do this. X, Y, Z has arm talent. I think we all agree with that. Again, when I was floating the idea and many others were, that Sam Darnold could be somebody that the 49ers take as a reclamation project two years ago but when before he went to Carolina, I was met with a ton of resistance. I don't want him. He stinks. He sees ghosts. Yet now, he's here. And now, well, he's got all this potential, and you see it on the – that's what I was trying to tell you then, that – because I can pull up the tweets. I know exactly what I said. But yet – now it's completely changed, and that number over, that number three pick statement bothers the hell out of me, man. It bothers the hell out of me. I don't get it. Number three overall pick, Sam Darnold. Number three overall pick, Trey Lance. There's a reason you took Sam Darnold with number three. There's a reason the San Francisco 49ers took Trey Lance at number three. But yet, I'm so excited to see Sam Darnold as the number three overall pick with these weapons and his coaching. Right. Trey Lance was a number three, number three overall pick. He has the same weapons and the same coaching. Explain it to me, Steph. I don't get it. I I, I can't explain it to you. Like, because, again, the people who are saying this are hearing it from inside the building. Like, I think we've established that, right? So someone in the building is very bullish on Sam Darnold. And, again, it's fair to... I think look at both the pros and cons of Sam, Sam Darnold in, in San Francisco. But why are we saying these things like right now? Like, can we just wait? Can we wait till we see them like on the field together? Can we wait till we like actually see these things happen before we start saying like, look, you, you know, I think you did ask not to backtrack on, on the Matt Mayoko topic, but like you did ask him about this, right? Like why, why does it feel like it's all like Sam Darnold and, and, you know, no one's talking about Trey Lance and to which uh, Mayoko said, well, last season it was all Trey Lance, right? Mm -hmm. So now Sam Darnold's the new guy. So now everyone wants to talk about him, you know, fine. But, you know, still, I, I think it's, it's very, again, it, it's just unsettling that, these guys are going to go into a competition and all we're hearing about is, is Sam yeah. Donald, right? They, they should be going to this competition on even footing. And yet we still we're, we just keep hearing about Sam Donald, but we did hear about Trey Lance, you know, this week and Matt Barrows wrote a great piece about the quarterback coach who worked with him, Jeff Christensen, Trey Lance working on his uh, mechanics, throwing motion, all that. That's a great sign, right? I mean, these are the things we want to hear about Trey Lance. I think I would like to hear more like national media talk up Trey Lance a little bit. Maybe they're tired of that because, you know, maybe they did it last season. I don't know. Uh, so they're, they're talking about the, the new kid in school. I don't know. Um, but I'm, 
this is good, right? Are we happy hearing about, you know, Trey Lance's improvements? Because even Kyle mentioned it. Absolutely. And and again, um, I I want to pump the brakes a little bit on the 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 victory lap on this that many people are still taking. I feel like this whole episode is about being objective and trying to preach objectivity. So again, reading a nice report about Trey Lance, sure, it's what you want to hear. I still have to see it. And I have to see it done when the pads are popping, mm-hmm. when someone's bearing down on you, because when things get heated, people revert to the things that they know as opposed to the things that you're trying to implement. This is exactly what you want to hear, but you still need to see it. Kind of going back to the objectivity thing, Sam Darnold could absolutely revitalize his career and be good. There's a world where Trey Lance doesn't pan out as a number three overall pick. My frustration is from the story just being, well, Sam Darnold has a chance to do this and this, and, well, Trey's done. It's, it's, it's just done. I, I live in a world where I like to put the range of outcomes out there, and that's a broad spectrum. The range of outcomes could be anything from Sam Darnold is the guy who we thought he was to, oh, my God, Sam Darnold has completely turned it around and anything in between. Same thing, same thing for Trey Lance. Wow, the improvements have really shown. Look at him. He's going. Or, unfortunately, those improvements haven't been shown. And, unfortunately, they're going to either move on or he just isn't the guy. The other part about this is, like, all of it's moot. That You know, I mean, we just did, like, you know, 20 minutes on it. But – I. I don't want to say that it's like unimportant, but if Brock Purdy was ready to go, we wouldn't be talking about either of these guys because he is he is the guy who's going to be taking the quarterback one role when he's back. And he deserves that shot because of how he played. And at the same time, objectively, you can say eight games is not enough for you to crown him as a franchise quarterback. That's an eight-game sample size. We've seen quarterbacks for eight games like the world on fire so there's optimism around Brock Purdy because you have a sample size that looks very good, and that's valid. There's optimism around Sam Darnold because there's talent and potential that's there, which is valid. But there's none of that optimism around Trey Lance, and that's the part that I can't jive with. I don't get at this point because he has an opportunity right here to actually win this thing back if he plays the way that they thought he would if he's you know, the third overall pick. But there's no sense of that. And, and again, when we're talking about where these guys are getting it from, they're speaking to people in the building. I, I just it's hard for people to objectively say. Brock Purdy has played well, but he may not be the guy. I mean, there's a lower probability of that because of what you saw. I think anybody who's optimistic about Brock Purdy can say he still has room to improve because he's only played eight games. And that's absolutely true. But people have a hard time thinking of the other side, that possibly Brock Purdy regresses or isn't the same after the injury. In which case, you'll need Trey Lance to be the guy that you thought he would be. But there's no discussion about that. And that's probably where my frustration is from. Yeah, and I I get where that frustration comes from uh, because I think I was frustrated with it at first too. But at the end of the day, I think I realized like, what people say, what people's opinions are, is just that. It's just opinion. It's not truth. It's not going to be what plays out necessarily. You know what I mean? So 
let people say what they want. Let people in the building think what they want. At the end of the day, what's going to happen is what's going to happen on the field. And who is going to be the starting quarterback is going to be the quarterback who looks the best. You know, week one, will, will that be Brock Purdy? Again, we still don't know this. It could be, you know, Sam Darnold, could be Trey Lance. Hell, I'm sure there's a world where Brandon Allen <laughs> could be that guy. Uh, but, you know, I think we just got to be prepared for all outcomes and we got to be comfortable with that. And we got to be okay with that. We got to be happy with the outcome again. So not having any, you know, preconceived notions or, or narratives on who our favorite is, you might just be setting yourself up for disappointment. Just have no expectations at all because anything can happen. It doesn't matter what anyone is saying about the quarterback position right now in May. It's just, it's just noise, right? So Let's just see what happens in training camp. Let's see what happens in the preseason. That is the truth. I see another narrative in the chat, and I'm not going to say it by name. Well, for one, the 49ers don't leak. My God, man. Matt Mayoko said that he's spoken to people around the team. Frank Gore, who is now a scout with the team, is relaying optimism around Sam Darnold doesn't have to be John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan. This idea that the 49ers don't leak is probably the most overblown, overthought narrative in the history of the world. The 49ers don't leak what they're trying to do at pick three. But optimism around a player is something that, honestly, anybody around the building can say. I despise the 49ers don't leak narrative. It is absolutely not true. It is absolutely not true. If we literally just sat here and spoke about Greg Papa and, and Matt Mayoko and other people saying that they've spoken to people around the building. Even Louis Riddick. Louis Riddick said, literally said he spoke to someone in the building. How on earth is it that the 49ers don't leak? Please, mm -hmm. let's, let's knock this one off. Two, two, two sayings that I want gone from the 49, 49ers vocabulary lexicon. Quest for six, Niners don't leak. Get them both out of here. Get them both out of here. I'm done with it. I'm done with that. Quest for six. <sighs> Every team leaks, like Rob says. Goodness gracious. All right. Yeah, yeah it's true, though. Uh, everybody's literally saying we're speaking to people in the building, and that's exactly what they're doing. Mamioko name dropped Frank Gore, who's a scout. Greg Papa, it works for the team. What yeah. exactly are they not? And, and, and this isn't necessarily a leak. They are relaying optimism around Sam Darnold. <sighs> All right. Steph, let's get back to OTAs. What's another, what's another battle that you're looking at? Because I have one in mind, and I wrote an article about it on Niners Nation, but I'll let you uh, if you have any others. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple. Like, I think wide receiver. There's so many wide receivers the 49ers added this offseason, I feel like, and I don't know, maybe they're preparing for life after Juwan Jennings. You know, maybe they're preparing for life after Ayuka Debo. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the, the fact remains, they got a, a shit ton of wide receivers. And uh, one of these guys are, are going to stick around, someone who hasn't been on the team before, right? So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see, like, who who's going to stick around, whether it be on the 53 or, you know, the, the practice squad. Um, but – that that should be a good one again like i think most of the spots we're just looking at depth right for the most part and so 
that could be exciting. Uh, one of the things where we're kind of somewhat looking at who can potentially be a starter, who's going to be opposite Nick Bosa, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a, a number of options there, many of which, you know, we're still kind of curious about. Like, we don't know a whole lot about how that competition is going to shake out. Drake Jackson, of course, could be like the the guy. Uh, certainly, it looks like he's been putting the work in. But, you know, will someone else like Clinton Farrell or, you know, some of these other guys, you know, step up and make that a, a tough decision? Who knows? So I guess I'm I'm interested to see what happens there. And, you know, do the 49ers feel so inclined to bring a free agent Ed Rusher in, right? If none of these guys are, are kind of, you know, leading the pack there. So I, those are the two main ones I think I'm looking at, but also probably like linebacker as well, who gets that Aziz role. Um, because I think whoever gets that role, I'm excited for just because this team does such a great job at developing linebackers. And I just know it's going to be someone who is going to be impactful for this team. Um, so, yeah, I, I think those are the main three that I'm paying attention to. Um, what about you? For me, I think that there's something that's kind of fallen by the wayside when it comes to position battles. And I think a lot of people think that this position is just completely sewn up. It's free safety. Mm. And Tashawn Gibson is on a one-year deal. This is his third straight one-year deal. Obviously, he played very well last year, five interceptions. But I do think we're going to see Jair Brown a little bit more on the field. And I want to point to Hufanga's situation when Tart was there. It was clear that they wanted Tart to play, but they were pushing Hufanga on the field to get him reps, right? Like he would see reps. There would be times where Tart comes off the field, Hufanga was on there. And it was clear that they were moving in that direction. So that that situation is Hufanga replacing Tart, but Hufanga was on the field a lot. And I do think that Jair Brown is going to be on the field. And, and whether that's three safeties, whether that's him taking free safety reps, um, one of those things I do think that you're going to see a little bit more of Jair Brown. This team is enamored with him and they love what he brings in terms of his versatility in the box, um, his ball hawking skills. I do think that Tig's going to play a little bit more than people think. And I do think that you're going to see him on the field with Gibson. And if he plays his way onto the field, the 49ers have not been shy about that, about pushing guys onto the field and making sure they get on there, whether that's special teams, whether that's on defense altogether. But I do think Jair Brown and Tashawn Gibson is something that I'm going to watch or try to listen to to, to hear if, if Tig is popping off, do the 49ers kind of roll with, with their guy of the future now? And Gibson's on a deal where it's one year. I don't. They're not going to get rid of him. I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to happen. But he would be valuable depth if you feel that Jair and, and Hufanga give you uh, a better chance to create more turnovers and keep yourself versatile. So I'm interested in that. I think that's something that it's almost a foregone conclusion that Gibson's here for one more year and then then takes going to take over. I think that that's a, a fair way to view it. But I just think that a lot of people are, are not believing that that Jair is going to be on the field. And I think that that you'll see him a little bit more than you think. And and the 49ers are going to try to put him out there. So yeah, um, I think I think his his playing time will increase as as the season goes on. Correct. And and to your point, this is something we've seen 
this team do in the secondary in the past, right? Where they kind of bring someone in, they kind of, you know, tease them a little bit, see what they can do. And they play great. And that guy gets more time. Hufunga, we saw Gibson was that guy last year. And again, we saw Jimmy Ward kind of get, you know, pushed out a little bit uh, and change his position because he, you know, you got to have Jimmy Ward on the field, but you know, it could be one of those situations where, you know, Tig, he he pushes his way onto the field, right? And I, I could totally see that happening. And let's not forget, uh, you know, Gibson, yeah, he, he played great last season. Steve Wilkes uh, inherited, you know, Gibson, right? Jair Brown was drafted pretty much yep. by Steve Wilkes and this team. And, and again, they feel very convicted about <laughs> – about Tig, that's my favorite joke, by the way, uh, Jay. <laughs> like, that time, that that like that they, felt, they felt convicted. Um, and that, you know, that says a lot because yeah. they're not convicted about a lot of guys. And that's the thing. Let's correlate it to Hufanga and Tart. Kyle and John inherited Tart. Hufanga was their guy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So yep. in that way, they understand what Tart did. And, I, you know, you know me, I'm one of the biggest, you know, Tart supporters, but they're going to push who they want and their guy. And, you know, for, for in this instance, you know, who can, who can really complain after who put up an all pro season last year. So it's going to be interesting. I think that, I think that's just something that people aren't really considering. And I think it's kind of just assumed that this is a red shirt year for take. I don't think that that's true. I think he's going to actually play a red shirt year would be that he doesn't see the field at all. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think I really believe that they believe he is ready to go and play and ready to play now. And all he would need is reps to, you know, only increase what they already believe in him. So, and uh, JMO um, Niner says, I need your guys' input. Who's going to start on the other side of both? Said Jason Steph, what's your take? I think right now uh, the the smart money would be on Drake Jackson. Um, but I wanted to kind of toss this back at you, Steph, when, you, when you're talking about the free agent um, pass rusher, right? So the 49ers signed their entire free agent class and, and undrafted free agent class for less than a million dollars in cap space. That means $10 million around there is what they're left to mess around with. Now, do they sign a free agent pass rusher, right? Leonard Floyd, Yannick Ngakwe, um, Justin Houston, who, who I, you know, or do the 49ers take that money into the season and possibly if you're talking about a move that can put you over the hump, maybe a player on an expiring contract that you can absorb, you leave that money available because injuries do happen or guys don't perform to their expectations and you're able to fill that role with a trade midseason, or do you just carry that money over and the cap increases and then you have another 10? That $10 million right there is indicative of a team right now that I feel is going to play it by ear. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the free agent pass rushes that are out there are avoiding all of the OTAs, mini camps, all those things, because they just want to get ready to play ball in training camp. They're keeping themselves fit. They want to go in it, and they just want to play. But I do think the 49ers have, have afforded themselves this flexibility with this amount of money, and it's really it's really an interesting thing because the 49ers can do whatever they want at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so too. And uh, to your point, I, I think they will kind of play it by ear. I think that money was kind of – you know, set aside or is going to be set aside for a rainy day. And that rainy day can come soon. That rainy day can come like, I don't know, week, week 12, who, who knows? Um, but again, for injuries that may occur, if any of these guys we were saying earlier, any of these edge guys don't kind of look like 
their startable uh, opposite Bosa, then maybe you want to look at one of those free agents, right? So I think they, again, yeah, they will play by ear. And I think that's the smart thing to do, right? Because you don't have to spend that money. Why not just look and see who you have? You know, did Drake Jackson, is he going to make that sophomore leap um, like they're hoping he will? If that doesn't happen, okay, let's see who else is available. But I think they're going to bet on the guys that they have right now. And in the past, that hasn't gone terribly for them. So, yeah, I, I think it's a smart move to just hold on to the money for now. And if what I expect happens with the track record that the 49ers have, I expect the Nick Bosa mega extension before training camp. Yes. And that clears up more money. Because in the first year, that gives you salary cap relief. So Mm -hmm. that's another interesting caveat. The 49ers might be messing around with like 10 to $15 million going into the season, depending. And and I do think like right before we go to training camp, we're going to get news of Nick Bosa's extension. If you look at, you know, Trent, all these other guys, I mean, Trent signed or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I'm losing. Oh, Debo, you know, during training camp, all of those things, right? Like right before you get it done. And and that's kind of been their track records. The 49ers are in, in an interesting spot when it comes to what they can do with this money. And, I mean, I hate to keep backtracking to the Matt Miyoko thing, but I asked him that same thing. And I asked him, is there pressure on this organization to, to go ahead and get this done? Because you do realize your windows shut quickly. Um, the people that are trailing you catch up to you. And, and, you know, anything can happen. And he said that the Christian McCaffrey move wasn't a, a like, all-in move because two years were left on the contract. So that keeps the window open, right? He pointed to the Rams in 2021 and said, them getting Von Miller on a one-year deal, like, you know, his expiring deal, that's putting your chips in the middle. And that's saying all in. So I did think that was pretty interesting. And then one more thing, because I know you guys are trolling me and you want to hear about it. We talked about the kicker. And Matt Miyoko frankly said, I don't know why Zane Gonzalez is here still. Hmm. Because it's true, right? Like, if you drafted Jake Moody in the third round, there's no competition. What? Can he lose? Are you going to cut him? No. So what are we doing? Like, Zane Gonzalez, I, I don't get why you're still here, and neither does Matt Mayoko. It just doesn't make sense. But I do, I, I do feel that this organization, there's urgency, like, like Mayoko said. But after hearing him speak a little and him rationalize it to me, it's not like all in. Because they do believe, again, when you've got Brock Purdy, who doesn't even count as one of your top 52 hit cap hits as your starting quarterback. And if he's the guy that they think he is, that's crazy, right? Like, that's a crazy amount of money that you're spending on quarterback. And the 49ers are trying to do something that pushes back on the league, meaning Patrick Mahomes is going to have his team in the AFC Championship. He's been there, what, six straight years? Or the Super Bowl just about every single year. Um, Josh Allen's going to have his team competing in that same way. Jo- Joe Burrow, right? Like the the upper echelon guys, they cover up any deficiencies you you have on either side of the ball because they're a difference maker in that way when you have to pay them that way, right? So the 49ers are trying to do something that isn't really seen in the league, which is not investing in the quarterback position to a high degree, but building out your entire roster and betting on elite talent at other positions to push you over the hump. So I think the 49ers are trying to do something that 
you know, they call me a madman, right? Like, you know, when, when Billy Bean, when Billy Bean started Moneyball, you know, he had a ton of resistance in the Oakland A's building, right? He had to replace Jason Giambi and a bunch of guys who, who went on to make a bunch of money, but he found a new way to get it done. The 49ers are trying to do something that hasn't really been seen. Like if you look at the NFL Super Bowl winners, yeah, what's the one thing they have in common? It's like uh, elite quarterbacks. So I, I just, I, I like it. So, and keeping $10 million ready for the Kirk Cousins trade. <sighs> well, I mean, I know, we I, make, I, I know we make that joke, but it's like, that's not going to happen just for the same point that you just brought up, Jay. Like they, they need their quarterback room to be cost effective based on the way that their current roster is built. Right. They wouldn't be able to afford a lot of these other guys that they have um, that make up their roster, make up the foundation of their team if they go and spend on a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. Um, I wouldn't hate it. It's just like, I don't think it will happen. I just want to prepare people. I want to prepare people. Um, (laughs) Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent next year. year. Prepare yourself. Yeah, we'll hear plenty 49ers, Kirk Cousins suck. Prepare yourself. Mm This is why we have to hope that one of these three, four guys, because I don't want to leave out Brandon Allen. If I'm talking about, like, not forgetting quarterbacks, right? I don't want to leave him out, right? Like, he's got a shot, right? (laughs) Um, This is why we have to hope that one of these three quarterbacks is the guy. Like, undenied guy. Undenied. Because if he's not, prepare yourself. He who wears socks with thong slippers, he who wears gold chains with no shirt on the plane, he who yells, you like that, will be the time of our lives. And we will be fighting for our lives because the national media, Twitter, everybody is going to run with that narrative. So to kind of cap this episode off, which I think this is one of my favorite episodes, Steph, because we (laughs) preach a lot of objectivity. Yeah. Spit our facts. One of these three guys, please, for the love of God, wrap this quarterback thing up so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Please. I'm tired. And I'm not just tired because I spent a lot of time at the sports book last night and I was up until like whatever time. I'm tired of this disgusted this discussion. Wrap it up. Someone take this job and keep it. I want a franchise guy. Please. Is that so hard to ask, Steph? I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not even sure any of these guys are like franchise guys. And again, not to backtrack. It, it might have not been in your interview. It might have been in like the latest 49ers talk. But Matt Mayoko said, like, I don't think any team would trade their quarterback room with the 49ers right now just because there is no guy in that room that's like a franchise guy. Like, yes, this team, this particular team, 49ers, can win with probably any of these quarterbacks, but it's not like none of these guys are a guy. Like they're not the guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dusty Gold says, Jason misses Jimmy. You know what? I do. Hey, I do, man. I really do. Actually. I really do. Um, It's almost like, you don't you know what you stability. got to. It's gone. It is. You, you miss it is. You miss ability. It's like it's like at least yeah. Like I could send my watch girlfriend. to Jimmy. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like you're in this relationship, right? And things get a little stale, and you start to say, "Well, I want to see what's out there." 
And then you get out there and you're like a cat pawing back, like, let me back in, let me back in. At least I could set my watch <laughs> to what Jimmy Garoppolo is. And it takes away the uncertainty. Whatever he is, I know what he is, regardless of whether that's going to, you know, win. But yeah, Jimmy, I miss the way we were, man. I miss it. You know, the the charisma, the the suit, the sayings. Like <laughs> I mean, look, I see him in that black suit. And I'm like, damn, look at that guy, man. Imagine what it would be like to have a a handsome gentleman like that to be your quarterback. Must be nice. All right. This has been a cracking heater of an episode. <laughs> and uh, yes, Jason Aponte does not necessarily reflect the views of the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Rob is fuming. I can, I can feel it backstage, fuming that I even implied any of this. It's just jokes, guys. Look, again. And Joey says it, at least the inconsistency was consistent. Set your watch to it. <laughs> Set your watch to it. I Simpler do like, time. right. I do like knowing what to expect as opposed to this uncertainty of which of these four quarterbacks is going to take. So, <sighs> Steph, what an episode. So shout out to all you guys for checking in. Thank you guys for the super chats as well, too. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Gold Standard Podcast Network on YouTube, wherever you get your audio podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed to Steph. Steph's channel at Steph49K. Make sure you subscribe to my channel, uh, Jason Aponte, as well, too. Make sure that you follow on Twitter at GSN Podcast. Make sure you follow on Instagram at GS49ers. Finally got that follow back. Uh, for Jason, for Steph, we're out of here. Peace.